Support for Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel and the following message come from TransferWise, the cheaper way to send money abroad built by the brains behind Skype. TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that come with sending money abroad. So don't get stung by a bad exchange rate or sneaky fees. Join the 2 million people who are already saving with TransferWise. Test it out for free at transferwise.com slash podcast or download the app. It is the wise way to send money. I just didn't feel right about it. Ethically, something felt wrong. It was too easy to make. I wasn't even 30. How do I have a million dollars? It wasn't my money. I didn't earn it. I didn't feel connected to it. And I felt a little wrong about taking it. It kind of felt like finding someone's wallet. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. We'll get to our guest in just a sec, but I want to take a minute to just talk about some stuff about the show that's been going on. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, compliments, and questions about the video promotions that we run on social media to support the podcast. So I thought it might make sense to address some of the questions here. First of all, lots of you guys are asking me who makes them for us. I actually make them myself. As you guys know, I love to learn new skills. I have a background in television production. I was a TV anchor for years, and part of working in media these days is learning a lot of technology, editing, and creative stuff, so I'm really enjoying making them myself. The other question I'm getting the most is where you can get them made for your projects, for your business, or just for yourself, and the answer is, well, I'm not going to go into that business. I have enough side hustles for now. But I did come up with an idea, an experiment that we're going to try here. We're going to have a little competition. Hopefully you guys are game. And the winner will get a custom video from me that I will make for your business, for you, for an event, whatever you want, anything reasonable. We'll come up with something fun. The way it's going to work is from now until the beginning of July, I'm going to ask that whenever you see a video promotion for Financial Grown Up, you share it on social media, whether it be sharing on Facebook, retweeting, reposting on Instagram, also DM me, let me know that you're out there and that you are spreading the word about Financial Grown Up. And in the beginning of July, first week in July, I will see who is sharing the most and they will get a custom-made video promo just for them. Okay, now to our fantastic guest. She is so cool. As you heard at the top of the show, the money came easy for a young Allison task, and then it went poof, just as fast. But she has recovered, you'll be glad to know, and has made peace with the whole drama. Not sure I would be so chill. But Allison did go on to work with Martha Stewart and to host her own cooking shows. Also, she wrote some best-selling cookbooks. Allison has also built a life coaching business, and she's got a great situation now with her husband and kids and a fantastic new book that was just released called Personal Revolution, How to Be Happy, Change Your Life, and Do That Thing You've Always Wanted to Do. Basically, it's all the solutions to everything in a book. Yeah. Anyway, she's doing a lot. She's terrific. Here is Allison Task. 
Allison Task. You are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your new book, Personal Revolution, How to Be Happy, Change Your Life, and Do That Thing You've Always Wanted to Do. I binge read it this weekend, even though I know I'm supposed to be doing exercises and stopping and going back and forth and all that good stuff. I promise I will, okay? You got it. It's there for you when you're ready. <laughs> all right. And you brought with you a money story, which I have not heard in full yet, but I'm really excited about the beginning and really curious about the end. Go for it. Okay. Well, the beginning is I made a million dollars and then cut to the end. I lost a million dollars all before I was 30. And that was actually real dollars. That wasn't like monopoly. That was real. Okay. Fill in the blanks on that one. Okay. The blanks are simple.com. I was Ooh. one of those early .com kids and was one of the you know first 50 people in three different companies. One of them went public when I was there. And, uh, I had two commas in my bank account that I checked via eTrade.com. So tell us the details. So what was the company and how did you end up working there? Tell us just a little bit more. The company was called Silicon Valley Internet Partners. I was the marketing director. So after a year, it was then called Viant. You may remember at the time there was Viant, there was Scient. There were lots of internet builders. We were the people who were strategists, designers, and technologists to large companies who wanted websites back in the 90s. We helped create thenot.com. Ooh, I remember that. Yeah, we worked with People Magazine. We worked all over new media and old media, literally building their high-performance websites. Okay, so explain how you made the million dollars. You were paid in in stock. What exactly happened? How did the million happen? I was employee number 50. Um, I was there for four years. I was paid in stock, generous stock options. And probably year two when I was there, we went public and those stock options that were pennies went to over three figures. So I had uh, multi-million dollars on paper. And, and, and I exercised my shares, which meant I got to pay taxes on those multi-million dollars too. And did you sell the stock when you exercise the shares? There's a different, right, right. So explain how this works. So you have to pay the taxes when you actually receive the stock, but that doesn't mean you sold the stock and received money. Correct. So I probably purchased the stock when it was around 60. It went up to 120. And then I remember my father telling me, honey, it's at 30. You need to sell. You need to sell. And I'm like, it's fine. I didn't sell until it went down to six and then it became a penny stock and I believe delisted. Wow. So you went from a million, more than a million, to ultimately that whole venture cost you money because of the tax. Is that correct? Yeah, that's so painful. I did have five years during which I was not paying tax. I was not paying tax for a while because I then got to write off the loss. But yeah. Okay. I think it wasn't definitely, it wasn't a million dollars in the bank account, let's just say. Right. So... (laughs) Well, first of all, looking back, is there anything you could have done differently? Should you have sold? I mean, I guess you should have sold it at 120 if you, you know, had a crystal ball, which you did not. Listen, with four kids, I would not have minded having that money, made a few investments. I think it would have been prudent to have earned it. What it did do for me, though, was set me up with my attitude for life. First of all, I say it's it's a million dollar joke. I need to laugh a lot and I need to <laughs> learn a lot from that experience. Right. And that, there's some value. There. And you weren't alone, by the way. Oh, God, no. No, definitely. At least I did it to myself. You know what I mean? No one was <laughs> me off. I mean, that was my choice, fair and square. I think I always felt uncomfortable because I didn't earn the money, right? I wanted to earn it with my effort. And I felt like, well, I was just part of a big thing. Well, that money came from somewhere. Someone had their retirement account and it went into Viant at some time. It wasn't my money. I didn't earn it. I didn't feel connected to it. And I felt a little wrong about taking it. It kind of felt like finding someone's wallet. Do you feel like, I mean, this is a little psychiatrist thing, but like, do you feel like you sabotaged yourself the way you're talking? 
I think you're onto something. I just didn't feel right about it. Ethically, something felt wrong. It was too easy to make. I wasn't even 30. How do I have a million dollars? I'm a marketing director for a dot-com company. Come on, come on. I'm not working that hard. How did I create that value? I didn't. And in the end, it wasn't of value. It went away. It was part of the big bubble. Something of it felt dirty. Money is money. That was someone's. It wasn't mine. I didn't earn it. Looking back in all your grown-up wisdom, what is the lesson? What is the takeaway for our listeners? Well, the takeaway is definitely find a way to earn your money in a way you feel good about. I, after that, literally left and started working for myself, right? When you work for yourself, you're only as good as your last client. You're only as good as your last experience. And I developed a lot of personal integrity in terms of the way I work and the way I want to do my work. And from that, I have something that's more important than money, in my opinion, which is life satisfaction, making a meaningful contribution. I'm a, a life coach. Everyone who comes to my client, everyone who comes to my office wants to make a meaningful contribution, every single last one. It's more valuable than money. I lost the money and learned the lesson, but I still really, I had my ethics and values and I knew something wasn't right. What's the lesson for listeners? Yeah. If you make a lot of money and you keep chasing money, there's something that's not right, right? There's a lack of fitness. If you have money and you keep chasing money, it's like um, you can never be too rich or too thin. I don't subscribe to that. I think there's a, a weird thing when you keep chasing money. So figure out what that's about if you actually want to be happy. On that note, we're going to pivot and kind of take a different angle because your money tip actually has to do with splurging. So I guess it's okay if you have the right amount of money to splurge. Tell us more about how you approach that. Definitely. Splurge and enjoy it. So this one, I'm going to take you into my closet for this one. My (laughs) husband and I share a closet. It's a walk-in closet, but my side is pretty small. And why is my side small? I buy outstanding things. I used to go to the Gap and get, you know, six pairs of pants, half of which were on sale, most of which will fall apart in three months. I now buy very expensive, high quality essential pieces like a pair of black pants and amazing pair of fry boots. My husband likes a sale and he has a lot of crapola that doesn't exactly look good, fit good. How would he feel if he heard you say that? He would nod his head and say, I know, hon. I know. Oh, really? I know, but it was such a good deal. That's exactly, <laughs> but it was such a good deal. No good deal. Certainly not when you're sharing my closet, babe. No, but those vacations, right? You wait all year to go on the vacation. Spend the money. Spend the money. Easier said than done. What about with your kids? Ah, my kids. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. First of all, I have four kids, three of whom are under five. I do not want tons of crap, right? Their shoes, they each get one pair of sneakers, period. Wear it until there are holes in it. And I mean that literally. They wear their sneakers. But what if they get wet? Well, they have really good rubber boots. Let's talk about your book. So as I mentioned, I whipped through it in literally one day. And I know you're not supposed to do that because one of the best things about it is it really, if you do go through this book properly, it holds you accountable. So the book is nine chapters and an intro. And each chapter is designed to be a guidebook workbook. So the thing about senior coaches, coaches ask you lots of questions to get you deeper into your own thinking. So throughout the book, there's action points and insight points with lots of questions. I say, please use it with a workbook, use it with a computer. Before you can go on to the next chapter, there's a prep sheet. You're constantly scaling yourself. How much closer am I to achieving my goal? So what is your favorite chapter then? 
I really like chapter five. Chapter four is identify your network. It's for people who want to, you know, do more networking. Anytime you have something you want to do, you call upon your people. You call upon your social network to help you. That is everything. Chapter five is expanding your network, right? So many people feel awkward about self-promotion, about asking others for things. So once I got you to trust me and feel comfortable that like you are loved and people root for you, now let's take the next step and expand upon that existing network. My second favorite chapter is the last chapter, which is all about celebrating. Like you've achieved it. You've done it. Now let's set that experience in your brain so that you can do it again and you can call upon it in the future. My book launched last week and last week it became a bestseller on Amazon and actually still is. And so now this is that time for me. I get to celebrate and do end runs with everyone who helped me along the way. And that's a total joy. Well, we will leave you to celebrate. Where can everyone find you and find out more about the book and everything you're up to? Thank you. Please visit allisontask.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-S-K.com. Plug it into Facebook, Twitter. I'm Allison Task all over the place. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. So Allison was pretty cool about the loss, but I wonder how she really was back in the day. I do want to do a little bit of explaining about how options work and what exactly happened in terms of the tax consequences, because we sort of alluded to it a little bit. Allison talked about how it worked out, but I think it's important that you guys understand at least a little bit about how options work. Financial grown-up tip number one. If you do ever get offered stock options, obviously do the research thoroughly and understand how they work because as Allison explained, you can sometimes be on the hook for taxes even before you actually have the cash from the stock. So a little bit about that. Options basically mean that you can buy or exercise shares at a preset price known as the strike price. So if a stock is selling at a price higher than the strike price, you basically get to buy the stock at a discount. If you sell them right away, guaranteed profit. The catch, and this is what Allison mentioned, is that you owe tax on the transaction, whether or not you sell the stock at that time. So if you sell the stock, you have the cash to pay the tax from your actual profits that you took, you got the money, you're good. But if you are betting that the stock is going to keep rising even more and you want to hold on to it so you don't sell it, you still have to pay the tax on that paper profit that you had by exercising the option. So then if the stock goes down and you sell it for a loss, the thing is the government does not send you a check refunding the taxes that you paid. It doesn't work that way. So it's really important that you understand how that works and the risk involved. Financial grown-up tip number two, back to the taxes. So the tax payments are painful, but they can be used in the future to offset other investment profits. So let's say that you have a capital gain on another stock, another investment the next year. You can carry forward the losses from the first transaction, and then you can offset those gains plus an additional $3,000. So it's going to help your tax situation going forward, even though no one wants to have paid taxes on money they didn't really make you do get at least to match it up against profits going forward. And that's basically what Allison did. And what she was referring to when she kind of jokingly said that she did not pay taxes for five years. All right, everyone, please continue to rate and review the show if you have not on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. 
Every single review matters. I know it's another thing to do. You guys are busy, but it is truly appreciated. And of course, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. We are also now on YouTube, just starting out there. So we're posting the show there. And we're also posting those promotional videos. So just search for Financial Grown Up and you'll find it and you can see the promotional videos there. And if you are following me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, please DM me. I want to hear from you guys and hear what you like about the show, what you want to hear differently on the show, guests that you want, all that good stuff. So be in touch. And of course, follow me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 and Twitter at BobbyRebel. I'm on Facebook Bobby Rebel. Learn more about the show, bobbyrebel.com forward slash financial grown up podcast. All right, go check out Allison Task's new book, Personal Revolution How to Be Happy, Change Your Life, and Do That One Thing You've Always Wanted to Do. It is already a bestseller. And thank you, Allison, for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grown ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.